0: Welcome to another episode of I Own a Business, where we focus on helping practice owners grow the practice of their dreams. And I'm your host, Dr. Steve Vargo, and I have with me Dr. Todd Cohen. And Todd is an iDoc member I've gotten to know over the last few years. And through our conversations, I've admired his approach to dry eye. He's embraced technology and advanced diagnostic and treatment techniques uh, to grow his dry eye specialty and he's also founded the Midwest dry eye Center a unique treatment facility that provides cutting edge resources and modern equipment to to diagnose and provide relief for patients suffering from dry eye so how are you doing Todd
1: doing well thank you very much sitting here in uh, lovely Chicago no snow or rain so it's a good day here
0: not yet but yeah. being from Chicago it's uh yeah. it, it's not too far away a couple you got a couple more months yep. A couple more months. So, uh, Todd, something I find, and and this probably won't come as any surprise to you, but a lot of ODs, I believe, dabble in specialties. They, uh, they, they dabble in it for um, like dry eye, and probably for a variety of reasons. One, I believe, is the process can sometimes seem a little bit daunting and complex when you look at various treatment protocols and technology that's available and marketing. I think a lot of doctors get caught up in a little bit of analysis paralysis. So, but at some point you just got to get started. If you're going to make this happen as a a specialty, you just have to get started. So what I'd like to go over uh, is, is just kind of an overview of the basics what would an OD who's maybe sitting on the sidelines, sidelines right now need to get started? And then at the end, we'll ask how people can connect with you if uh, they want to get more support from you, more coaching sure. from your end. So so I'm curious initially, what uh, led to the creation of the Midwest Dry Eye Center?
1: So I started, uh, I've been in a, a study group. Uh, my peers, all of us started studying, working for a certain company about 15 years ago and um, one of the doctors in our group out west was one of the first people to get lipoflow and this he paid full price sticker for this is like over a decade ago and he presented one of our pure group meetings saying you got to get this you got to bring it. it's a game changer for my practice so a few of us went in um, we talked to the reps and we bought lipoflow so i'm always of mind that if i'm going to buy something i want to make sure i have a whole plan of implementation both with myself with my staff and my associates order to make this a success. I mean, how many peers do we know that we, they buy the shiny box and eight months later, Susie the technician leaves and now the box is collecting dust and you just got tens of thousands of dollars sitting in the closet. So that's how I got started with it. And so we did a whole promotional event. I was very fortunate to have one of the national sales trainers as my sales rep for the LipaFlow. And this was seven years ago and we made it a resounding success off the get-go. I mean, basically, after the first night, we almost paid for the machine, believe it or not, we had like 15 people and we did, had a spa night, it was, it was great. So I um, ended up forming the Midwest Dry Eye Center. It has its own S Corp um, numbers, a sub S of, of my main practice. It's got its own phone line. It's got its own website that I pay monthly for. We get about 1100 paychecks a month. You'd be surprised at how many people are looking for dry eye because most of our peers or ophthalmologists are doing a shoddy job of it. Here's some eye drops. Oh, this drop was here. Let me grab these drops. So I formed the Midwest Dry Center for a couple different reasons. One, to make it its own entity in terms of referrals. It really helps with our peers um, to remove that auspice of competition. I'm gonna refer to the Midwest Dry Eye Center versus Foresight Vision, which is my main practice. So that's helped a ton with a lot of the commercial docs. It says it's specialized and um, it really helps with referrals so that's why I formed it for the main reasons of, of that um, now since then it's kind of expanded a lot we work very closely with ophthalmologists and it's kind of go on from there but to answer your initial question you've got to bring in mybography you cannot treat what you can't see so you, you know there's different devices on the market you can do mybography as part of your pre-testing um, you can develop a fee for it or whatever, however you want to do it but um that identifies the problem when 86% of people dry eye the glands are the problem it's not the quantity it's the quality so that's how we've implemented it and made it made it a resounding success and we're a, you know that's kind of how we started with that
0: a lot of the terms we hear that have sort of grown in popularity or terms like dry eye center dry eye spot dry eye clinic you've taken that approach of separating the two entities? Is that approach an approach you would recommend? Because I think sometimes we see this dry eye specialty integrated into their traditional eye care practice. And and others is it's it's completely separate, maybe even a separate building and certainly a separate entity. What are the pros and cons of those two different approaches?
1: So the pros are, it has its own unique identity for referrals, um, for keeping track on the schedule. If, if, you know, I mean, you don't want to obviously poach any patients, right? But we have people that drive from Wisconsin and a couple hours away. And I know well and good that there's amazing hospitals in Chicago that have amazing ophthalmologists, but no one's treating dry eye or at least marketing it or spending the time with patients as they should. Um, Or at least if doctors are in their own office, it's like, oh, and dry eye. I mean, if you Google dry eye, LensCrafter says they do dry eye, right? Everyone, dry eyes is giving eye drops. That's not going to the core of the problem and having the technology. So, Like, I'm on these Facebook groups that have 15,000 people, you know, common citizens, not medical professionals, and they just want to screen. And I chime in every once in a while, and they just don't, people, the public does not know where to start. So I think having a separate entity will help with your Google search or SEO stuff, saying that it's its own dry eye center. Because I think that even the common layperson knows if a dry eye center um, separately, they know that you've invested technology you're not just like oh my eyes are scratchy here's some you know refresh drops or something like that um, you're going more in depth of it the cons i mean i i i always looked at my practice as three pillars my main comprehensive eye care my ortho practice and my 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 dry eye stuff and those two two of those three pillars are pretty much recession proof and insurance proof for the most part so those have continued to continue our growth So I think if you're a doctor these days with the law of diminishing returns with all the major vision plans, you have gotta be creative, invest in technology, invest in implementation of technology, and get it going in your practice.
0: So if, if I heard you right, having that separate entity, it's made it easier to get referrals, because there's no. I think no you'd, I heard you say less threatening, because uh, certainly no with questions. ODs, it's not. Yep. I think there's always that fear when you refer somebody away that right. the other doctor is going to steal that patient because right. they, well, they have their own optical as part of that.
1: Right. right. I mean, we've got our Midwest Dry Eye Center brochures with all their stuff in plenty within, like you know, a 20 minute radius of us of all these commercial places, and they're sitting in there. Now, if you were a patient, you're like, wait a minute, why is you know. ABC Optical here, or whatever you want to call it, you know, Jones Optometry here, but I'm here sitting in Lens Crafters, or whatever the case may be. So it really sets a subspecialty, knowing that referring you, so it really removes that huge barrier of referral entry that a lot of our peers, you know, would not necessarily refer to. You know, I think it's specialized
0: as far as marketing goes, do most of your patients come from referrals? Is it marketing? Is it internal? Are you getting people from the outside? We Can get a so sense many of where people they're coming from,
1: we get so many people from the outside. It's astonishing to me. I mean, we have people to drive from Peoria, that's two and a half hours away. We've got people from the champagne. I mean, people come um, just because they're looking and they're so upset and frustrated and everything like that. I mean, one of my recent patients, she was at um she had eyelid surgery after eyelid surgery her eyes were dry as the desert the eyelid surgeon said oh i don't do dry eye i just cosmetic stuff go to this ophthalmologist this ophthalmologist says you know you gotta wear con- you gotta wear glasses the rest of your life just like i do you gotta deal with it And this lady's like retired she's very wear- well to do she golfs all the time when retirement she's like that's that she was in tears at this guy's office the ophthalmologist like just use eye drops and i i don't you know you never wear contacts again so she came in because one of her girlfriends referred her actually no she found us online right because she's like not putting up with it she was crying to me in the exam room in the exam room and then it was the best advertisement because my, my, my front desk area was full of patients she goes, Dr Cohen you've changed my life and this and this I'm like and all I did is fit her with the appropriate contact lens we have all these dry eye treatments it's changed her life so she found us from the outside so a lot of people are searching because they're upset um, we do get a fair amount of referrals coming in from some of the commercial places on a monthly basis, um, and a few here and there. But a lot of them actually come, Steve, from our ophthalmologists. We do work with, right? So we, we, we an oculoplastic ophthalmologist. He refers us at least—I'm not joking—at least two patients a week because he's like, Todd, I've got all my patients have dry eye afterwards. He goes, I don't know the first thing about it. Refer to me, okay? And in fact, I think we might be able to bring up another satellite clinic in his office because there's such a need. Um, Our other ophthalmologist that does tons of premium cataract and IOLs um, and LASIK, um, he has actually made it a standard protocol for anyone that's getting a specialty implant to have dry eye assessment and treatment prior to surgery. Because it's published, well-known published by a doctor Matosian who's on the East Coast, that 40% of her measurements would have been incorrect had she not treated and addressed the meibomian gland dysfunction before dry eye. So the worst thing an ophthalmologist wants to do is cut twice. That's the last thing. And as part of the protocol, that generates a lot of patients as well. Um, But yeah, so those are the main resources for us. We're really working on, it's so hard to get peers to refer. I'm really trying to work on specialists, dermatologists, rheumatologists, because you talk to an internist, it's impossible. I mean, I've been in practice for 22 years. It's impossible. Then re- they'll even remember to refer you for diabetics. I mean, it's pathetic, but they're so busy. And I send these most comprehensive reports, and then ever get a referral from an internist is next to impossible. At least what I found. Um, so, and I'm in a medical building. <laughs> so, um, the specialists I'm trying to target, like the dermatologists and, and things like that, for certain aspects of dry eye, because it, there's so much cross pollination. It's amazing.
0: Is the, so. Is is some of this coming from an online presence? I get the impression, too, that That's obviously fine. fostering the relationships with the right providers, because I, I've heard that before as well, is that, well, we're, tra- yep. you know, we're reaching out, we're going to their office, we're giving their staff cookies, but we're not getting mm-hmm. anything in return. But yeah, it, I think if you foster those relationships with the right people is, is what I'm hearing. But also w- tell me a little bit about your online presence as well, because I, if I'm understanding you, it sounds like some of these people are finding you getting frustrated elsewhere and they're finding you online.
1: Yeah, so we have a ton of online presence in terms of our Midwest dry say goodbye MidwestDryEyeCenter.com, SayGoodbyeToDryEye.com. Uh, I'm a key opinion leader for um, Dry Eye Rescue. There's a doctor locator on there. Um, there is a, we have our own Facebook group for Midwest Dry Eye Center. So all those types of things, I mean, our Google page is just exploded and it's worth my, you know, amount that I'm paying per month because it's, it generates, you know, look, the fact of the matter is if I get two patient, one patient, a month it's more than pays for for my spend on my 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 website for that so yeah i mean that's pretty much how people are finding us and obviously word of mouth referrals i mean this this one doctor's like i don't know what you did with mrs jones but um basically it's like he's like he's like you've done amazing with her i'm like well i know what i'm doing i was joking Uh i know what i'm doing i'm not a rookie here you know um but yeah because they just don't have the foggiest idea about it so
0: So next week is is Vision Expo West. I don't know if you'll be there or not, but anyone who has ever attended one of these conferences, or if you haven't attended, you walk in, there's this huge, massively huge showroom with equipment technology as far as the eye can see. A lot of that technology is dry eye related products technology. My point here being there's so much of it, and you've alluded to a few pieces of equipment that you bought. But again, I think some of the, Analysis paralysis doctors get is where should I invest my money? What areas, what technology, what products, what drops, what supplements? Uh, and I'm not looking for specific referrals because I mm-hmm. I talked to you, I talked to another dry specialist yeah. and they're going to have different opinions. I'm just curious from your perspective, how did you assess and analyze the technology and products that you offer? What was your criteria for saying, I'm going to go with this particular product or right. whatever it was. Technology.
1: Right? So we started with the Oculus Keratograph, which is widely used in dry eye. It does a um, whole tear report for patients. It does it looks at the glands, and also does a very important thing called non invasive tear breakup time. So there's no variability in between the doctor sitting behind the microscope counting how long it takes for tears to fall apart. The machine does it automatically. Then you have something objective to show the patient, you know, two months after treatment at your follow up, how much that's improved. Right. Um, And also understanding the fact that dry eye should really, that's more of a marketing term. We like to call it ocular surface disease because, you know, dry eye implicates, oh, use eye drops and that's it. No, it gets worse. It doesn't go away. It's chronic. I started with the care to do objective measurements of the glands, the tear breakup time. Basically um, we bought the technology. um, Now, when it comes to looking for what to use in terms of treatment? Um, you know, there's you can spend anywhere from, you know, $3,000 up to $30,000 or even a lot more if you want to get into aesthetics. But I would take a look and see what they're all the companies now have. You know, you can walk before you run, they'll let you try before you buy. Um, the biggest thing is making sure you have an implementation, a protocol, a staff process in order to make it successful. And you got to get everyone on board. And the reason get the staff by, And this is why we bought this thing, um, this item of of technology um, to improve our patients' lives, improves our profitability, um, do more comprehensive care for our patients, whatever the case may be. So there's a lot that goes into it, um, but you kind of have to figure out from your peers and things like that. I mean, we went with the LipaFlow for the main reason that it's the FDA approved, um, the way it works is unique in the situation that it works, and you have Johnson & Johnson behind you. Um, So and it works, you know, phenomenally well for us. Since then, we've added more technology like radio frequency. We added in March um, to work on the aesthetics and to complement our dry eye as well. Um, And so, yeah, there's, I also would say, so bare minimum, you should definitely get a mybographer to identify the gland loss because a picture says a thousand words for patients. And number two, you absolutely positively have to get slit lamp cameras because when you're behind the microscope to show a patient their blink, to show them their dry spots, to show them their lids, you have to do that. I mean, you'll you should if you're doing it correctly, you'll pay for the thing threefold the first year you buy it. So there's lots of different um, devices out there. It's like shopping for a car, figure out what suits your needs the best, um, and go from there.
0: That's my so was- advice circle back real quick to something you mentioned twice. You mentioned staff and getting staff buy-in and you, you have that one person in charge of something and they quit and the technology just collects dust. It's hard, as you know, to implement change. So an office looking at implementing new technology or a new service, it can be, it's not just your own effort. It's trying to get the staff on board as well. Any tips on that in terms of how you approach the staff and said, we've got a new service. We've got some new technology and get everyone on board with that.
1: So you really have to do your research. The company that wherever you're buying technology for, it's in their best interest to really train your staff appropriately. You know, make sure you give them a couple of days with a trainer of this device, whatever it is to work on um, the training and things like that. The implementation And that's where a lot of the people struggle. I mean, there's so many devices that people have bought. They're just kind of sitting idle. And so actually that's one of the projects I'm working on currently with a couple of different companies is to increase usage and increase staff implementation and training, because there's a lot of keywords that, as you said earlier, the doctors kind of are in this fog of, where do I start? Do I dabble? Do I go in the deep end with two feet? But there's a lot of different techniques in um, presentation to patients and having the staff reemphasize the message, and not and having the doctor not sell um, or close the treatment. You want to have your staff do it in terms of um, the words and the packages, and a lot goes into it. So you have to get the staff to buy in. I mean, for instance, like the LipaFlow, the patients in the beginning are like, "You don't, you you do it, right?" I'm like, "I don't even know how to turn the machine on." So that's the wonderful thing about this is I'm in the office while their procedures are being done, but I'm concurrently doing eye emergency checks, comprehensive eye exams, ortho K at the same time, the staff is doing patients in the treatment room. So you really, and the staff really gets empowered to be able to know that they're the ones doing this, they're providing the treatment. They feel I, I'm the only, one of the few offices in the Midwest that has all four of my staff members that do this certified. So that gives them a level of competency that they feel like they got extra training and they're certified in, you know, lipoflow, perhaps, or you could do it for the, the lid debridement, the bluffx machine. And there's lots of different things. And so when you get the staff to buy in and you say about it, and you know patients are happy, that really goes far, but you got to get, right, Sally, the technician leaves and then nothing happens. And it's got to, you know, lead as the business owner, but lead the staff um, and they'll follow. So.
0: so Todd, I want to leave ODs with this. And I think it requires the disclaimer that not everyone will get the same results. That being said, generally speaking, how much additional revenue could an OD expect to earn from a dry eye specialty?
1: So the way I look at it is like this: if whether whatever procedure you end up doing in terms of lipoflow or or you know any of the MIBA flow or any of the other you know, thermal pulsation things. When you look at the fact, and I have a patented flow chart that I've developed with a healthcare attorney and everything like that. And I've even franchised my dry eye practice, a couple of different practices to help them treat dry eye too. So um, when you follow the protocols that I've kind of established and and have the patient flow because you see them for a comprehensive eye exam, you identify dry eye, have them come back for an ocular service evaluation do the treatment. Then you do, there's, you know, there's at least four possibly more follow-ups throughout the year. Um, And the fact that the treatments and everything else, you should have no less annually than $2,000 per patient you're treating. No less, because you have the treatments, they're buying products from you. Um, There's even if you don't want to carry products through certain um, websites, um, you know, uh, Dry Eye Rescue, some other places, you can actually have passive income by just recommending products and they use their code, you get credit for that. Um, Between products, treatments, and medical visits in your office, it should be at least $2,000, if not more annually per patient. So you can do the math from there, I think. And the thing is, is that aside from the medical eye exams that are being built to blue cross for medicare or whatever that case may be um there's a lot of -of out-of-pocket costs and you have to have the right verbiage um to talk to patients exactly why um it is out of pocket and and there's some certain things that really resonate with patients and we have an extremely high conversion when it comes to that i mean you know doctors are gun shy when it comes to spending people's money but at the same time these people are gallivanting around the globe on winter vacation so you got to make sure it's a priority and you got to treat dry eye disease, ocular surface disease as glaucoma, right? It's just as you want to be proactive and not reactive. So, you know, oh, I'm not having dry eye symptoms yet. Yeah, but your glands are 90% gone. You're going to be yelling, you know, coming back to me in in five to seven years and you can't, you know, keep contacts in your eyeballs. So you want to treat it like being proactive and patients appreciate that. And, you know, 22 years ago when I graduated optometry school, the only people that had dry eye were, were middle-aged menopausal women. Now, you know, teenagers, college students, because of the lack of blinking on the computer, the gland atrophy, it's just nuts. So it's the lowest hanging fruit that you can do in an optometric practice, even if you spend zero dollars on external marketing, on a website, on sending out postcards, Facebook ads, you don't have to do that. It's sitting in your chair right now.
0: Yeah. So the the upside financially is significant. There's a large market for it. And it's also just a great service. I, I got to witness, my wife has really severe dry eyes. So I got a front row seat to see what that actually looks like. Because I think even as doctors, sometimes we get a little bit numb to the patient that comes in and says, my eyes feel kind of dry. Mm-hmm. When you hit that sev- area of severity that people are I mean, in my wife's case, she was just miserable. And I saw, wow, this is and and she's not alone. There's a, a, a large market out there, just like her, that's just looking for help and frustrated with other options. And people like you mentioned, the the ophthalmologist that just gave her some drops said you got to live with it. She went through some of that as well. And to uh, you know, to see the the market for that that patient base has grown quite a bit. So yeah, a tremendous service. So I mean, thanks. Yeah. Um Thanks so much, Todd. The um, Where can people learn more about you? I, I know you work with other ODs. This has all been very helpful, but if they want to reach out to you for more support or coaching or consulting, how how would they find you?
1: Um, well, you can go to DryCenter.com as our dry website. Um, I'll give my, you know, for IDOC members, of course, I'll give my personal email. It's this Todd, T-O-D-D, G is in Gary, C-S-G cat. So Todd GC at gmail.com. Um, and you can email me and, and reach out to me that way, uh, or contact me through the Midwest dry eye center website. And I'm uh, always happy to help out. I mean, I've had a couple practices that are, you know, within an hour's radius of me that they've done phenomenally with, um, implementing a lot of the protocols we've set up for them. And, um, you know, this is, these are practices that we're seeing two to 300 eye exams a month already, but yet they're, mostly basic vision exams and the revenue per patient with dry eye is, you know, two to three times that of of selling a a pair of eyewear up front with, uh, with after the eye insurance takes their hits. So yeah. So I'm happy to help out any of our fellow IDOC
0: members. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Todd. I'll let you get back to seeing those dry eye patients now. So thank thank you so much for your time. And if you would like more information about IDOC and how we work with ODs to help them grow the practice, Uh, or to grow their practice, you can find out more at IDOC, that's IDOC.net. So thanks, Todd. And thanks everyone for listening. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Steve. Take care.